Hello and welcome to the Black Arrows Employment Team podcast where you have your very own employment lawyer in your pocket. My name is Simon Allison. I'm head of Black Arrows Employment Team. This podcast is aimed at business owners and HR managers and aims to keep you on the straight and narrow with your staff. Welcome to season four. This season contains the one with the Bert and Ernie cake and the one with the Pimlico plumbers. So when it hasn't been your day, your week, your month or even your year, sit back and listen to Employment Lawyer in Your Pocket podcast. Hello, welcome to this episode of Employment Law in Your Pocket. This is called The One Where They Sleep on the Job. Let me introduce, first of all, um, Donna Reynolds. Hi, Donna, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm very well. Good morning. Nice to be back, is it? Yeah, it's great. Thank you. Let me introduce to um, Blair, employer Blair. How are you doing, Blair, today? I'm very well, Simon. Cold, but very well. It's cold today. Very cold today. Very, very, very cold. But it's okay. warm in the podcast. Uh, we sweet <laughs> it is. Nice and warm. <laughs> okay, this one is called The One Where They Sleep on the Job. What's it about, Blair? So today we're going to be talking about working time and how it relates to travel, but also being asleep at work and being on call. That sounds interesting, doesn't it, Donna? Absolutely. We've had lots of queries from clients recently about this. Lots of them. Um, So I think it's a really good idea to cover this as a topic today. Okay. And hopefully you won't put too many people to sleep. Well, funny story, I don't know. My last, my last podcast outing with Simon and Jack, Jack said the topic was to put people to sleep. So I thought, well, let's talk about poor sleeping Blair. today. I know, poor I, I got tell them a hard time, but that's okay. I can live with it. Okay. So what do you cover today then, Blair? So I thought we'd cover today a little bit about what working time is in terms of the legislation. Okay. So the working time regulations, the national minimum wage regulations, and also talk a little bit about travel and then being sleeping and on call. Sounds riveting. I like that. Let's go with it then. Let's go, Blair. Okay, so there's no sort of set definition of what working time is. Sorry, people at home to listen. Uh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's regulated by the working time regulations and the national minimum wage uh, regulations. There are two different definitions as one comes from European legislation, which is the working time, and one of them comes from UK, which is the national minimum wage. If you're ever unsure, think about it this way. Working time regulations are concerned about an employee's well-being and health and safety, whereas minimum wage are really concerned with their minimum levels of pay. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. So what is working time for one who's not working time for the other? That's right. So I thought it'd be helpful to break it down to two kind of areas. Is travel time working time and is on-call time or sleeping time working time okay. some of these points might seem kind of quite obvious but we thought it would be quite helpful when you're creating any policies or procedures to know what the law says about them so what's the story with travel time then well travel if it's during an employee's normal working hours then travel will count as working time that's perhaps not surprising but the real difficulty here comes when people are asked to travel either before or after their working day perhaps to meetings or to assignments Again, need to distinguish here between the the working time regulations and the minimum wage regulations. Under working time, travel time is working time where the worker is travelling for the purposes of work other than between their home and usual place of work. But where they work in different places from time to time, travel time can be working time where they're travelling from their home to an assignment. For example, where the worker is asked to meet a client in the morning for a meeting, then travel time would count as working time for the purposes of the working time regulations. That's interesting. It's a lot to take in, but yeah, yeah, definitely interesting. This is a very kind of dense area, which is unfortunate, but um, 
try, try my best to lighten it a little bit for you. <laughs> Good luck, Blair. Yeah, <laughs> try, try my best. <laughs> okay. Uh, whereas under the national minimum wage regulations, travel time is working time where the worker is traveling somewhere other than between their home and place of employment. But travel time between the worker's home and an assignment is not working time. An assignment isn't defined in the regulations, but I think it would be fair to assume that an assignment is anything kind of in connection with their employment. I thought it would be good to illustrate the differences here with two examples of two different people. So okay. Simon travels yes. to a meeting with a client from the office leaving at 9.30. That's a late start for you, <laughs> isn't it? Not? Isn't it? That's really is, is for it? me. Really. Not only kind of at 7 o'clock. Are you? Nah. <laughs> move on, Blake, move on. Yeah. Under both working time regulations and the minimum wage regulations, this would be working time. Contrast this with Jack. Jack travels to London. For London? What for? I don't know, some jolly though. <laughs> okay, okay. Goes to London. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. Uh, from his home for the purposes of attending a work event. This would be working time for the purposes of working time regulations, but not minimum wage. That might seem a bit strange and annoying, but remember that working time regulations are concerned with health and safety uh, by making sure the worker isn't working too many hours. And remember there also that there are weekly and daily rest breaks required there too. A good way to avoid issues relating to working time regulations is to have the worker sign an opt-out, but that only applies to the weekly number of hours and not the rest breaks. But remember that you cannot compel a worker to sign an opt-out. Hmm. But it's quite a good thing to do, we think, to kind of help people in these, in these kind of areas. Have you signed an opt-out, Blair? I think you asked me this before. I don't think I have. What? You I haven't? <gasps> Holy oh, You've smokes. missed a trick there. I know. What's that? So I'm off. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that whereas, covers working time. Okay. Yes, that's right. Whereas in the minimum wage regulations, they're concerned with making sure the employee is paid a base level of pay based on the average number of hours that they work. So although technically they might be required to travel for meetings, it would be strange to mandate that they're paid for those hours where they're not under the pl employer's control. So if they're on a train, on a plane, in a car, etc. Because maybe they can check their emails, but they're not necessarily being compelled to do that. Well, okay. they could be watching a movie. They could be. Could they be. could. You wouldn't they be could for that, be. would you? Exactly. Oh. We wouldn't be doing that in our rooms, so we wouldn't. We wouldn't <laughs> well, that. no, we, no not. we wouldn't do that. So, what about on-call workers or workers who are permitted to sleep? How does working time affect them? It's kind of a similar story, really, as it kind of affects travel. So, for the purposes of working time regulations, being on-call will be working time where the worker is required to be available during a particular time whether or not they're sleeping, or they're required to be within a certain distance of the workplace. The best illustration of this is a case involving a care manager who was required to live within three minutes of the care home where she worked so that she could be called upon if she was required. It didn't matter that she was effectively in her own home and possibly sleeping. The fact that she could be called upon and was effectively at her employer's disposal meant that this was working time for the purposes of the working time regulations. So for the working time regulations... Ask yourself this question, is the worker able to do what they want, whatever they want, during the time, or are there limits placed on them? If there are limits, then the chances are that the time will be working time for the purposes of the working time regulations. Mm. Very interesting, yep. Blair. Mm -hmm. In contrast, for the purposes of the national minimum wage, on-call time will not always be working time. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it, it is important to distinguish between two considerations under the minimum wage regulations. Is the person working or are they simply available for work? In both cases, the worker should be paid for those hours, except in a case where they are available for work and are at home. 
A new case though has however changed the position slightly and provided that where the worker is available for work and is permitted by their employer to sleep during a certain period at a prescribed place, not at home, then working time will only be during the periods that they are awake. If you're slightly confused by this, and I don't blame you because it's a very, <laughs> very confusing area of law, ask yourself this question. Is the worker who is sleeping during their time actively expected to be sleeping and only performing duties when called upon? If so, that time is not working time for the purposes of the working so the National Minimum Wage Regulations, unless they are required to do something during the night. So in summary, for the National Minimum Wage, if the person is required to be available for work, either at or near his place of work, that will count as working time for the purposes of the National Minimum Wage Regulations, unless they're at home or they have an arrangement with their employer that they will sleep and be provided with facilities to do so, then that will only count as working time where they're awake and required to carry out their activities. Hmm, okay. So is sleeping on the job working time? It depends. Oh, it Aww. depends. The classic Sorry. answer, it depends. Sorry, I feel like I'm getting a lot of this it depends stuff. <laughs> well, I, f I find that helpful. But Very helpful. I think there's going to be a lot of employers listening to this thinking, well, what about the people that turn up for work and are sleeping yeah, yeah. during the day yeah, yeah. on the job? Yeah, yeah. That's a whole other story. That's a different podcast. <laughs> Okay, that includes that. So what are your three takeaway tips, Blair? So I haven't just got through this time. So for working time <laughs> regulations, consider asking employees to send an opt-out, but remember you cannot force them to do so. The opt-out though only applies to their weekly number of hours and it doesn't apply to the rest periods. So they still have to get those daily and weekly rest periods under the working time reg regulations. Could you attach that to the contract of employment? Ah, what do you think, Blair? Yeah, I think I think you could I think you could do that. Yes, do you need to sign it potentially. Yeah, I think, yeah, they do have to sign it. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, definitely. that's tip one. Okay, what tip two then, Blair? I would always say always monitor employees' hours for health and safety reasons, and also look at their average hours for minimum wage purposes, just to make sure they're not falling below the threshold or working too much if that time is working time. But I think it's just a good practice to keep an eye on those things anyway, because the working time regulations in particular make clear that there's still a duty on you as an employer to monitor your workers' health and safety so they're not working too much. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. And tip three, Blair? And this is probably the most important one. Take advice. Ah, yeah. good one. This good is one. a very complicated and ever-changing area of law, which is kind of due to the current jobs market where people are working very different ways than they used to. Yes. So it's best to check what you're doing is correct to avoid any unwanted claims. As Donna said at the beginning, we're, we've had a lot of inquiries recently about working time, travel and sleeping time. So if you're not sure, come and check with us. We're always happy to assist. Good stuff. Very good. Yes. Excellent. Great podcast. Well done, Blair. Top of the class. Absolutely. Mm, don't know. <laughs> that was great. Oh, that's great Blair. It's good a Blair. tough, tough topic. I think you covered that very well. It's so oh. complex. Well done, yeah. Blair. Have I earned a coffee? You've sorry. definitely earned a coffee. Yay. Well done, Blair. Well done. Okay, that concludes that podcast. <laughs> um, if you want to follow these guys, please follow them. We've got at Employer Donna and at Employer Blair. Do you want to spe spell at Employer Blair, Blair? Yes, it's E-M-P-L-A-W-Y-E-R-B-L-A-I-R. <laughs> well done. Top of the class. Yay. Two coffees for you. <laughs> Two coffees. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> okay, thanks for listening. Hope you find that useful. Um, cheers and cheerio. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Well, that was well done, Blair. Well, that was a really hard topic to cover, but that was really good, I thought, it was wasn't it? Good. Thank you, Simon. It Thank you, good. yes. You looking forward to Christmas? I can't know? wait for Christmas. I'm so excited. Have you got all your Christmas food bought and ordered for Christmas? I have not bought anything yet. Have you bought anything, Donna, Well, yet? I've sampled some already. All right, what have you gone for? So, uh, we've gone, we've sampled the turkey, you know, just to make sure, <laughs> you know, I can cook it because I'm going to do Christmas. Traditional, that's yeah, good, well, good I don't normally cook Christmas dinner, but I'm going to do it for the first time this year, so I had a trial run, so turkey... A big giant pig in blanket. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Mm-hmm. Pig in a blanket? On Twitter. I can't. I'd be like that. I'll, okay, okay. I'll on put Twitter, it on Twitter. Please, it's like a big a foot long pig in blanket. <laughs> How many folk does that serve? Ten. Ten? <laughs> a giant pig in blanket. I can't believe that. Simon and I come for dinner. We'll come along, shall we? It serves ten, but. Um, four of us managed to eat it between us so <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> two, two adults and two kids ate a pig and blanket for ten <laughs> bad isn't it oh my goodness sounds, sounds that's fun that's his next okay that's his next what's planned for your Christmas day Blair I'm going down to spend it with my niece for the first time so ah nice how old, how old is your niece she is ten, uh, ten months old ah so nice so trying to get a nice Christmas gift just now something for her to keep something what can you nice. buy for someone who's ten months old Something small, the smaller the better. A giant, Chocolates? A giant pig no. blanket? <laughs> a giant Candy? Blanket. No. They are. A giant <laughs> They are. That's Something the answer. You got that. As small as possible that can be lost and then found by stepping on it. That's the secret <laughs> kids' toys. Your tips. These tips are free, folks. Okay. Yeah. Thanks so much. Cheers and cheerio. Bye. Bye. <laughs>